What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. It's your boy, Brandon Tanguma, sitting electronically more than six feet away from me as my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Well, I'm here. I'm alive. No more crack. No more meth. Lots of alcohol. 2021. Okay. Love to see that you're okay. Love that you're still alive. That is always, you know, tomorrow's never guaranteed. That's why today is called the present, Dominic. So people we should start like, listening to more Nickelback. Why yeah. should we start listening to more Nickelback? Because they're one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Exactly. So, just, I mean, Nickelback just clears everything up, just helps your life. Is it, I mean, is that, you know, I know you're going through some things, Dominic. Is that how you're coping right now with some Nickelback? Nickel bag. I mean, I, I don't know what you'd be, which what would be in your nickel bags. I mean, I am sober as a kitten. Okay. No, I'm, I mean, I listen to a little bit of everything. I was going through it, you know, cried a lot, but you know, now I'm back to listen to my Metallica, my Slayer, my Slipknot, Backstreet Iron Boys. Maiden, Judas Priest, Backstreet Boys, of course, always a given. Quit playing games with my heart. <laughs> I mean, this is an this is an in sync podcast, but I'll, I'll let it slide. No, yes, people out there, let us know: Are you a Backstreet Boys or in sync? Because I think that heavily relies on your future relationship with us. Let's see, anyways, Mr. X, Backstreet Boys or in sync, and pick wisely. Yes. But let's move on into sports. Yes, let's move on into sports. Just fair warning, we might have to take a commercial break. Studio audience is out shopping, which means she has goodies. She has stuff to carry out of her car, which means Dominic will be called upon most likely during the podcast. So we're basically, I mean, we're always on the studio audience's time. So let's just get on into it. We have some baseball news to discuss. It's not exactly great news. It's sad news. Bob Melvin, former, yes, former, Manager of the Oakland Athletics has signed with the San Diego Padres. Now, I haven't checked if the terms or anything have been uh, out yet, but uh, Melvin just did sign a like three-year extension with the A's. And now he jumps ship, leaves to San Diego, not mad at him, go off to greener pastures. But this just is a, a it's it's the start, I think, of a, a fire sale, a big rebuild. I mean, we saw Simeon just walk away for nothing last year. Melvin did the same thing. I, I don't know if, what the A's could have done if maybe they could have pulled the John Gruden situation, not that type of John Gruden situation, but try to work out like a deal with the Padres to, you know, get a player, get some money or something out of the deal. But nope, just let Bob Melvin walk away. Hopefully he's a fantastic manager. Hasn't won a World Series as a manager, won as a coach with the Diamondbacks in 01. But hopefully this is a, a good, I mean, it's a great move for the Padres. Sucks for the A's. Dominic, you're experiencing your first real rebuilding times for the Oakland A's as an A's fan. How's it feel? Feels fine. Fuck Bob Melvin. I understand he was a huge part in, you know, getting to, getting them to this point in their, you know, organization or whatever. But, you know, can't get the job done. You got to move on, right? Right. I do know there's people 
like Trapdoor to Hell, you know, Travis was very critical about Bob Melvin and like the moves he made during the postseason and things like that, which I understand, you know, there's definitely been times where I've disagreed with maybe some of the moves he's done, but it's almost kind of like that Derek Carr situation to where like you have like a solid, really good manager and you could do better, but it's very hard to get that top tier upper echelon type guy. So do you want to take the risk and ditch what you have to go for to spin the wheel and then possibly end up getting a worse guy? It's just, you know, it's like, it's a catch 22. Yeah. As, I as mean, the kids might say, I mean, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that he was bad or anything, but he, uh, you know, like you said, certain moves, certain players, he, sh- you know, played instead of others. And, you know, it cost them where it, co- it mattered the most. So, you know, good luck. But let's hope uh, the next one is uh, a little smarter. So people are uh, putting, not putting two and two together, but kind of speculating that possibly Ron Washington, currently the third base coach, infield coach of the uh, Atlanta Braves, could be the next manager. Obviously, he has a long history with the A's. He used to be the third base coach, used to be a part of the Moneyball years. And now he he went off, managed the Rangers, had a little cocaine incident, as you know, we all have one time for life. And uh, do you see Ron Washington as a, a viability, as a likely person to, you know, take that spot? Or is it just kind of A's fans, you know, just w- hopefully wishing a little, you know, a little Dusty Baker action, you know, just bring in one of the old guys, have some fun, some good old times possible i mean i'm not i i'm not i'm not really holding my breath but i mean it's one of those like viable options that like you know it's very possible um you know nothing's really popping in my head elevate mark katze make mark katze the uh, new manager do it i mean let's be honest if you have players you don't really need someone who has you know 50 years of experience i mean you just need somebody with a baseball mind and knows you know what what matters the most in certain at certain situations so I mean, Ron Washington has been there before, so he I'm sure he would be fine. But, you know, you can even give it to just a, a recently retired person. I don't know. Give it to Berzito. Yes. Bring it. You know, tell Berzito, stop making country albums or whatever the fuck he's doing over in Arizona and put the guitar down and manage the Oakland A's. Dom, you seem very much more. I mean, this is your new A's fandom kick it in you seem very optimistic about the future right now i mean you know the vote passed to go forward with the terminal so i'm just trying to stay positive positive vibes get the new coliseum built you know be happy i i appreciate you being happy dominic trying to think positive that is a good move i had the uh, whatever alameda county voted for the process to continue I wasn't exactly locked in on the meeting, just kind of paid attention on Twitter. So hopefully this is in the right direction, but I'm also kind of scared that with the new ballpark coming in, we get the Fishers just, you know, dumping salary and just trying to make this team as cheap as possible. Hopefully because they're getting a new ballpark and they're going to have to spend some money on that front. So they're going to cut costs in the baseball sense, which is then going to in turn hurt the profitability later when the seat, when the place ultimately opens, unless you, have you know they, they they seemingly have this like four year up four year down regimen so if they get it planned out they load up on prospects they sell everybody trade away matt chapman to the yankees and matt olson goes away like everybody else does 
then four years from now, once the stadium gets built, then that means we're going to have our new crop of talent. Right? Yeah, but still no World Series. I mean, come on, Dominic. I'm trying to be wishful thinking here. I'm trying. I'm. You're supposed to be the positive one. No. What you eating, Dominic? Sounds like you're, you know, very trying to get in and out. You're just figuring out that I'm eating something. No, I knew. I knew. Oh, okay. 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 What, what's well, on you the, know, what's I on had, the menu? I had shrimp tacos for dinner, and I was like, oh, you know, I didn't want to eat all the shrimp, so give some to my brother, so you can have the rest. It's fine. I'm not that hungry. But then I took my snack mix from work and, you know, I've just been munching on that, you know, yum, 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 yum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is it for the baseball news. We got some actual baseball still. We got game three of the world series going on as we speak. Last time when we signed off the Houston Astros won the American league pennant in six games against the Boston Red Sox. Then the following day on Saturday, the Atlanta Braves, beat the Los Angeles Dodgers in six games. I said it, the Dodgers are going to win. They had to do it in six and they were able to do so. Obviously Dodgers dealing with a whole heap of injuries. I mean, but also the, the Braves are dealing with injuries as well. So you can't exactly put it all on the injuries of the Dodgers. Shout out to the Braves. I picked them to win the pennant. Obviously I didn't think this team, this team of crop of players right now would be the one to make it there, but you know, shout out to them. They, they actually did it, Dominic. I mean, I feel like if Acuna never got hurt, he uh, this team would probably be unstoppable, but shit happens. But if but it wasn't for Acuna getting hurt, then that probably wouldn't have forced them to make some trades. You know, didn't get Peterson and Soler and, you know, some of the other people that they got that ultimately, I mean, they the new acquisitions practically won game one of the World Series. And that's true as well. So, you know, you don't want to say good, but you don't want to say bad either. But, you know, the, the Braves are a fighting team going against a cheating team. So hopefully the fighting team beats the cheating team, right? Right. So, yes, we are at game three right now. Currently, the Braves are leading one to zero, uh, but the series is tied. So this game three right now is pivotal. Braves take game one. Astros take game two. So right now, Braves switch it. They take home field advantage. Uh, it's really hard to get a grasp on this series just because all three games have been so different. Uh, big blowout slugfest by the Braves, big blowout slugfest by the Astros, games one and two. And now we're seeing, you know, a pitcher's duel, one zero. Uh, Brave or the Astros getting no hit through like five innings. So it's kind of hard to exactly say where we can see this going. I, I still would say, in all aspects, the Astros hold the advantage. But this is just what the Braves do all year. They're a scrappy team. They have their ups and downs. And all they need to do is just win four out of seven games. And if they can have, you know, whatever the percentage is, you know, 60% good compared to 40% bad, they can do it. And, you know, that's just kind of the team they are. They're not sexy, but they just find a way to get it done. Didn't uh, one of the like one of their pitchers go down too, like one of their starters or something like that? Good job, Dominic. You are watching. Yes, in game one, Charlie Morton, the starter goes down he gets taken out done for the season because he takes a liner off his shin and he uh, fractured his fibula which uh, that's not that's not fun that is not fun so the braves already dealing with a ton of injuries losing charlie morton game one starter obviously he was going to come back around for game five and then possibly pitch for game seven if they needed him so that's another big blow to the uh to the roster 
Shout out AJ Minter. He was able to come clutch. He's pitching this game, game three as well. He's doing a fantastic job. So I don't know if maybe he would get the start in place of Morton. But um, that, I mean, that's, as I said, that's just what the Braves do. They just plug and play. They are able to just kind of, they're just able to get it done. No real explanation why. They're kind of like the Giants. They probably shouldn't be as good as they are, but they are. But the only difference is the Braves win. Giants don't, apparently. Yep. So we are on even playing fields right now. Dominic, I know what your heart is saying. I think everybody outside of Houston, Texas is rooting for the Braves at the moment. But what do you see going down in this series? We're guaranteed three more games by the end of the weekend. But by the time we are on next week, we will have a World Series champion. Dominic, who will that be? Like you said, my heart is with Atlanta, but I think my brain is telling me Houston. I feel that they're, I've, Houston's going to come out on top just because I feel that they have the ability to make those clutch hits, those home runs, the you know turning singles into doubles, stuff like that. So as much as I want Atlanta to win, and I really, really, like, really, really want them to win, I'm going to have to go with Houston. Well, I'm going to ride with my team, my NL champion, Atlanta Braves. No real reason. Obviously, this is more heart than anything, but I'm fucking going with it. Alex Bregman is struggling a little bit at the moment. If they're, you know, core guys of Bregman, Correa, and Altuve aren't exactly putting it together, then that whole offense kind of falls apart. So I'm going to go with the Braves. They're going to get it done. They're going to win. I'm going to say, well, I don't want to guarantee they win right now because I don't want to jinx them, but I will go Braves in seven. I think we're getting a seven-game series. It's going to be a lot of fun. Astro six. Okay. Okay. Um, then let's move on to the NFL. We are going into week eight and we will pick those week eight games. Otherwise, well, one person will definitely pick. And that person, that segment is. <clears throat> it's time for Dominic's picks. Do, do, do. Um, um. So we had a, a barn burner of, sorry, is that, I know we got the whole bullpen incident. Is a barn burner, is that like racist to cows? Mm, no. Okay. Okay. We evacuated the, the barn animals and the barn was burned. Okay. On Thursday, uh, the Packers, the COVID Packers beat the Arizona Cardinals 24-21. Both of these teams now are 7-1, and one, and with the weird kind of seeding now, if the Packers and Cardinals are tied, this game is huge because the, Car- the Packers would obviously have the tiebreaker in this series. The Cardinals drive down the field, 20-some seconds left. Kyler Murray kind of banged up, throws a laser to A.J. Green, and A.J. Green thought it was a running play or his controller disconnected. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. He just stops. Kyler gets intercepted in the end zone and the Packers get the win. Don't bet against Aaron Rodgers in prime time. No Devonte Adams, no Alan Lazard, no MVS, but yet he's able to get it done with the old man, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon tears his ACL. That sucks for the future, but Packers get the win. Dominic uh, impressive win by the offense, but I was also impressed by their defense as well. Kind of keeping Arizona in check. I Sadly, didn't get to watch the game because, you know, work. <laughs> I make a lot of money now. But, uh, no, um, 
I didn't really get to watch any of the game. I know that you don't make a lot of money. I'm rich, bitch. What are you talking about? Okay, so that means we're going to Vegas, right? You're gonna pay for everything, bro. We want to go right now. Shit, fuck it. Fuck it. Anyways, no, I didn't really get to watch much of the game. I only saw maybe the first quarter or something like that. I saw them march down the field and score. Um, but I will say, Aaron Rodgers going everything that happened this offseason and that first week, everyone was kind of like, I was I was counting them out. And then what he's been putting together, I, I think he's having one of his better seasons. So uh, I'm not surprised the Packers won. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was also kind of hurt during this game. So kind of one for one with Adams out for the entirety of the game and Hopkins kind of in and out with the hammy. But um, solid, solid win from the Packers. I don't know if I would put this on, you know, great Packers or bad Cardinals. It was a hard-fought, tough game. The Cardinals just really couldn't get anything going in that first half. They're able to kind of get it moving more in the second half. So if they're able to kind of put it together for a full uh, game, then this would have been a much different story. I mean, the Cardinals should have at least tied the game, let alone win it. So it's kind of hard to you know, bash on the Cardinals too, too much because they were in a prime spot to get the win, but just a, a weird fluky type uh, mix up at the end kind of cost of them. Hopefully Kyler is uh, he was in a walking boot. Hopefully that doesn't affect him too, too much, but uh, let's get on into the Sunday slate of games. No London game. Thank God. we got a regular slate of games um, quickly be a little selfish for a second Raiders on a bye. They got a win five and two. How you feeling about them Raiders Dominic? No, I'm I think it was a much needed win last week. Um, I think that they're playing a lot, and I think with Gruden gone, that whole situation kind of dying down. I think they're getting to focus back on what's important that's each week, each matchup, focusing on just getting that win. And uh, Derek Carr has been playing great. Um, just everyone's been playing pretty good. There's, there's, their defense is lacking still a little bit, especially in the secondary, but I'm surprised by how well they've bounced back. So going back to the Gruden situation, uh, new head coach, we've seen like Josh Jacobs kind of talk about how the sideline isn't as tense. Obviously, John Gruden is a, uh, he's a personality. Do you equate that? Do you think this is better for the team going forward? You know, besides the X's and O's, just kind of the personality of Gruden. Do you think he was kind of a negative on the team because, you know, you can call the generation soft or whatever you want to say, but do you think maybe he's more of like a past type personality, just kind of forced into this new regime that's not exactly, you know, meshing well? And I mean, that's I wouldn't why really the Raiders are a little better. Or toxic or anything like that, but I would say he's definitely tough. Like, I agree, he's tough. And nowadays you can't, I'm not saying you can't be tough, but a lot of people, don't respond well to tough. I'll be honest. I'm one of those people. If my boss came at me and he's screaming at me, calling me an idiot, I can't do my job, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm going to be like, I don't want to fucking work. Fuck you. Or I'm not going to try as hard, but you know, you come at me, you tell me what I'm doing wrong, respectful. You, you give me the constructive criticism and you give me some, you know, feedback on what I can do. Then I'll work hard to, 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 to make you proud. But if you're going to be yelling at me and making me feel awkward, I can't work like that. And I feel like that's the same with some of the players on that team with around Gruden. It was, you know, they're afraid. It's like walking on eggshells. You're afraid to do something because he might snap. And I, I, I can relate to that a lot. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, John Gruden's given up constructive criticism during the game. Maybe during the week, during practices and stuff, but definitely not during a game. Because if you see him during the game, uh, Chucky does come out. Uh, let's get on into the games. Everyone clap it up. We got the Cincinnati Bengals. They're a legit team now. They beat absolutely beat the brakes off of the Baltimore Ravens. They go into the Meadowlands. They are taking on the New York football Jets. Dominic, I know you picked the Bengals last week. Don't know if you're doing it just to please Mr. X, but are the Bengals legit? They fucking legit, dog. And plus, they beat the shit. I mean, I mean, let's be honest here. Two years ago, we would have been like the Bengals are dog shit. But now, legit contenders. I mean, would you, I mean, I don't know if I say like legit, legit contenders. Do you mean like Super Bowl contenders or like division contenders? Division. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, beating the, the Ravens definitely. And they beat the Steelers as well. So uh, kind of the two top teams. We'll see what happens when they face off against the Browns. But uh, I, I was very impressed. I was kind of locked into that game kind of for fantasy purposes. But I mean, Joe Burrow just absolutely carved up that Ravens secondary and the defense, like, surprisingly did pretty well. I know we talk more about the offense, but that defense uh, was able to limit the Ravens' offense to some degree, and the Cincinnati offense just kind of blew the, you know, blew the brakes off of Baltimore. So shout out to them. Uh, Bengals taking on the Jets. Everyone's kind of on the on the Bengals right now. So is, is this a trap game for the? Uh, for the Tigers or the say no, I think Bengals. I think the Bengals are just going to fucking just dominate the fuck out of them. I think the line is set at ten and a half. Dominic, do the Bengals clear that? Yes. Okay. Okay. I hope so too because your boy might have to start Joe Burrow again for the second week in a row. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. We have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Indianapolis Colts in AFC South matchup. Colts getting a big win in an atmospheric river here at Levi Stadium. Titans, they are just on fire right now we told you guys we have been on fire lately with the bets the titans beat the kansas city chiefs they beat the chiefs beat the bills back to back weekends i asked this about the Bengals. i think the titans kind of have the division unlocked but are the titans actually serious super bowl contender or this afc contender okay no because i feel like every year they go on this run where you're like damn they can do it. They can do it. Playoffs come. They can't do it. So I think they can make it to playoffs, but they're not going to Super Bowl. I mean, how quickly we forget that this Titans team lost to the Jets. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, you need to talk for a few minutes. I got to charge this, t- this computer or I will be offline. So give me like, yeah. just talk for like, get, just do a little bit. No, no, no. I mean, I don't know why Dominic doesn't have it always plugged in. Your boy always got to have it plugged in. You got to stay strapped, Dominic. But anyways. Tennessee Titans going into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Uh, no atmospheric river here because it is going to be indoors. Um, I think this one is kind of tough. The Titans coming off of two big, big wins, a uh, division win or division game. Colts are going to play tough. They have kind of gotten better recently. It is kind of hard to take away too much from that game against the 49ers just because the 49ers aren't exactly the best team. Weather was shitty. Um, Pretty much the, the entire offense was just chuck it 50 yards down the field and get an offense, get a defensive pass interference call. But I'm going to stick with the Titans. I think the Titans are still going to kind of establish the run, 
you know, ground and pound. It's going to be a battle of wills with Derrick Henry on one side, Jonathan Taylor on the other, but I will go with the Titans emerging victorious. And I will go with the Titans as well. Okay. Okay. Then we get a, uh, another possible just murder on the field with the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Houston Texans. The Texans are hosting this one. No Tyrod Taylor quite yet. Davis Mills will be the starter for whatever, for whatever that may be worth. Dominic, I don't even know what the line is, but are we taking the Rams regardless? Rams by a billion. Sure. Let's go with that because let's be, let, let's face it. Even with a great quarterback, AKA if Watson was still playing, AKA he didn't commit all those heinous crimes, the Rams would still beat the shit out of him. Exactly. Do we see uh, Deshaun Watson get traded? We're only a couple days away. So it's time to shit or get off the pot here. And he has the no trade clause, so it's pretty much does he get traded to Miami or not? No, I think he'll end up staying and being miserable. Okay, okay. Uh, We both got the Rams on that one. Then we get an AFC North battle between the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Still exactly up in the air what Baker Mayfield's status is. I saw something that he has been cleared tentatively cleared to play even though he still has that torn labrum in his left shoulder it's going to be at home nick chubb is going to looks like he will play in this game so they get one of the running backs back uh the pittsburgh steelers um three and three coming off of a bye so they will be well rested well prepared for this game on the road against the uh, the hobbled browns dominic what do you see in this division matchup i don't know because i know odell is questionable still I think uh, Jarvis is still questionable. So, I mean, there's still a lot of key elements on that Browns offense that if they're playing high capacity, I, I might give it to the Browns. But, I mean, who did you – who did you – if you didn't pick, I wasn't – if you picked, I didn't pay attention. But who do you got? Well, Dominic, I have not picked yet, so you definitely were paying attention. But uh, with Baker playing, that will help them, even though he might be more of a decoy. I'm saying this is going to be – a, a big Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson type game. They're not going to want to pass the ball all too much. Um, that that Browns defense, I think there's still like some question marks on it. I'm not in love with Big Ben in that passing game, but uh, I, I really like the Browns, but I just feel like they're in a little bit of a rut right now. I'm going to go with the Steelers off a of bye. And then I'll pick the Browns to fade you. I feel that I think Baker will do everything in his power to play. Same with Odell, same with Jarvis. I think all those people are going to want to beat the Steelers to just, you know, get ahead. Um, So I think I'll go with the Browns. All right, all right. Then we have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Detroit to take on the winless Lions. Um, The Eagles are two and five. They big name, you know, got some people on offense and defense, but they're not putting it together all that much, Dominic. Is this the week that the Lions can get off the schneid and get a dub and we will not have we don't have any undefeated teams will we finally not have any winless teams in the nfl this week i want to say yes so bad i want to say yes but my body my body's telling me no but i'm gonna go with detroit it's gonna be a shit show but i think detroit will come out on top uh, I mean, God bless Detroit. They tried everything in their power to try to beat the the Rams last week. They pulled out all the stops in like the first quarter doing onside kicks and fake punts and all the other 
you know, backyard bullshit. Uh, shout out the Lions. I mean, I they're my favorite 0-7 team, I think, of all time. They just they play their hearts out, and they just always just come up short. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going with my heart. This is an Atlanta Braves pick. I'm going Detroit. They're going to get off the schneid. Dan Campbell's trying to kick Jared Goff into gear, trying to tell him, you know, got to step it up, buddy. But I'm going to go with the Lions. Getting the win. Miles Sanders isn't there. Don't know exactly that's going to hurt the Eagles too, too much. Hopefully, Devontae Smith, you know, pops off. and Maybe his trade value can go up for your boy. But anyways, what about the Lions getting their first win this week? Then we get a matchup of two, uh, I would say, uh, whatchamacallit, disappointing teams between the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Chicago Bears. This will be at Soldier Field in Chicago. Jimmy G look is going to play this game, I believe. Trey Lance still can deal with knee injury. Jimmy G was not good in that atmospheric river. Uh, the Bears, not all that much better. Justin Fields kind of looking like a shitty rookie. Dominic, what do you see between these two shitty, disappointing teams? Which one's more shitty and disappointing? The Niners definitely are more shit, or I'm not going to say more shitty, but just very disappointing. I know they have Kittle out. Jimmy G was hurt. Uh, fucking, I think most of their like core players was hurt at one point. Um, so I think the Niners are more disappointing, but the Bears are more shitty. So that being said, I'm going to give the edge to the Niners just because I with Jimmy G coming back, I think you can kind of start getting everything back on track for the Niners. I'm going to go with the Bears. They play better at home compared to on the road. The 49ers, you know, got some question marks, I think, on defense. The offense is pretty much just like Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. But I, I will go with the Bears. I'm going to go with big, big game from Herbert, not Justin Herbert, but uh, Khalil Herbert. Definitely not biased whatsoever. I'm going to go with the Bears to get the win over the 49ers then get a, a battle of nfc south teams the carolina panthers who were three and oh not so long ago oh how the tables have turned they take on the atlanta falcons who are three and three coming off of a close win over the miami dolphins um panthers going in the wrong direction falcons you know kind of where we thought they'd be floating around 500 not the best team in the world but they get wins it is at home in atlanta are the panthers gonna Finally get out the shine to get back to 400 or 500, or are they going to go down to 400 because they're trash? Random, random thought, really off topic. The Falcon Stanley has a Chick-fil-A, but if they play on a Sunday, is it open? Uh, I don't know. I do. I, I'm crazy that you asked me this question because I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about uh, Blood Money, a.k.a. Crown Jewel, and they were talking about how there's a Chick-fil-A in uh, Vegas, and that Chick-fil-A is open on Sundays. So, you know, if you just throw enough money their way, they they would open, but I do believe that's kind of more for the college football games on Saturdays. So I I would say no, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I can go Google. I can Google it real quick yeah, for you. Google it for me. Panthers yeah, for me and the Atlanta Falcons. So I, you know, if you think about it, a Panther in real life would just eat the shit out of a Falcon. But a Falcon could also pick off a injured Panther, which the Panthers to me are looking like an injured Panther. So I think I, I'm going to take the Falcons. Cordell's going to have a bounce back fucking game. He's going to go fucking like 150 yards, couple touchdowns. You know, it's going to be an amazing day. And I think Sam Darnold is starting. I, I'm pretty sure they came out and said that he was still their starter. So I think I'll go, I, you know, I'm just going to go with the Falcons to play a little bit better than the Panthers 
Are you done? I am done. So this is an article from Insider from 2019. So, you know, a little older, but I would assume nothing has changed since then. They say that, yes, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. So more for concerts and soccer games and college football games or Monday night football games. Terrible. Or Thursday night games. But, you know, not all events at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is on Sundays. Just the, you know, the big important ones like the Super Bowl. All right. I feel like if they were to hold the Super Bowl, Chick-fil-A would want that shit open. Well, I mean, they did hold it at the Super Bowl. And now do I have to type up Chick-fil-A Super Bowl? No, let's just keep moving on because I'll tell you something off the air. I don't want to I don't want to say it because, you know, I don't want, you know, if I had to take somebody to court, I don't want to, you know, have to, you know, I don't want them to use this as evidence. Oh, okay. Uh, Super Bowl was a couple years ago, so uh, it's Sports Illustrated. No, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium Chick-fil-A won't be open for the Super Bowl. Damn. See, Chick-fil-A has its standards. Unless you are in Vegas and they pay you millions of dollars. Then they look the other way on the Sabbath. Yeah. Anyways, I, I because I was looking up Chick-fil-A on Saturdays or Sundays, Dominic, what, what, who'd you pick? Panthers or Falcons? I said the Falcons because a Falcon would pick off a Panther if it was injured. Well, I guess they do are kind of injured because CMC is not playing. Um, I'm going with the Falcons. I agree with you. Kyle Pitts is finally doing Kyle Pitts things. That defense of the Panthers, um, they're, they're definitely going to get like a kick return and some sacks on uh, Matt Ryan, but it's probably not going to be too, too pretty. But I will go with the Falcons as well. Uh, the Dolphins are the team that the Falcons beat last week. They travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills absolutely mollywopped the Dolphins last time they played in Miami. Jacoby Brissett was under center for that game, so maybe Tua can make it a little bit closer. But this is in upstate New York, so it's going to be a tough playing field for them. I would assume we still have the Bills in this one, Dominic, but uh, do you have this anywhere close? No. I mean, no, no, it's the Bills, no. The, the, you know, they, they, they circle the wagon really well, so I'll go with the Bills. They do circle the wagon, just like Travis Darnell circles the pillars because he just hit a solo sh- shot. So shout out Travis Darnell. 2-0, bottom of the eighth. Go Braves. Then we get the Patriots taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers coming off of a bye, taking on those Patriots. Uh, Austin Eckler dealing with a hip injury, looking like he's on track to play. Patriots coming off of a big shellacking of the New York Jets. Dominic, uh, what do you see from this game? I I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. The Chargers will win, but the Patriots will put up a good fight. I'm not saying it's going to be a um, get all the get all your farm animals out of the way real quick. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a barn burner, but I'm saying that, you know, it, it's going to have moments of like, oh, this actually could be a good game. But I think in the end, the Chargers are going to run away with it. I, I agree. I think the Chargers will win. The Patriots are going to want to you know, establish the run. The Chargers have a, a weaker uh, run defense, so they're wa- going to want to try to assert themselves. Mac Jones is doing a good job, you know, probably I'd say the best out of the rookie quarterbacks, just kind of off the top of my head. He's not exactly lighting the world on fire like Justin Herbert was last year, but 
it's kind of what we all thought. He's in a good system with Bill Belichick. They are going to build around him, kind of do like the Tom Brady type stuff. And Mac Jones, I think, is doing a, a phenomenal job over there. But Justin Herbert, I do feel, will get the win. And Keenan Allen is scoring a touchdown. Not biased whatsoever. We get the Jacksonville Pissed. Jaguars taking on the Seattle Seagulls. Still manned, still, sorry, that's sexist. Still uh, led by Geno Smith, under center. Uh, the Haguars are coming off a bye, coming off their big win two weeks ago. Do they make it two in a row, baby? Yes, I think they do. I think Seattle, with Wilson being gone, yes yes just yes they're gonna they're gonna dominate them it is a tough place to play in seattle even though the team might not be great that monday night game against the new orleans saints was not pretty whatsoever uh but the the bright spot was the defense held new orleans to you know not that many points even though i I would probably also put the blame on the new orleans saints as well but uh it's gonna be tough for trevor lawrence to play in that uh, tough atmosphere of Seattle. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Uh, not going to be pretty. This is going to be an ugly game similar to Monday, but I'm going to go with the Seagulls for the win. Then we get the Washington football team traveling to that high atmosphere of mile high in Denver, taking on those Denver Broncos. It wasn't too long ago where the Broncos were three. No, just like those Panthers, but they too have lost four in a row. Washington coming off of a tough loss against the green Bay Packers could have, should have possibly won, they actually outgained the Packers, but some tough calls at the goal line did not go their way, and they lost. So, uh, two and five Washington, three and four Broncos. It is at home. Broncos coming off of that loss against the Raiders. Dominic, what do you see in this one? I think the Washington football team will win this game because. Denver. No, um, I really do think Washington will take take this game. Uh, Denver just, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say ever since the Raiders haven't been the same, but let's be honest, ever since the Raiders, they haven't been the same. So they just kind of fallen off a cliff, walked into the woods and just does, don't know where to go. Don't know up from down, left from right. So I think Washington has a little bit better grasp at the moment. So I think I'll go with Washington. Uh, Department of Corrections would like to Tell Brennan an idiot. The Broncos played the Raiders two weeks ago. They lost to the Browns last week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Department of Corrections, for that. Sorry, people out there, don't yell at me. Uh, I will go with Washington as well. Uh, the Bronc, I mean, Jerry Judy is coming. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I just talked myself into it. Jerry Judy coming back. Uh, they're they're healthier. They're you know playing at home should be a little bit better. Yes, Teddy Bridgewater is not exactly the best quarterback in the world, but being at home. I think it's going to help them getting Jerry Judy back, and they're just going to light it up all over the Washington football team. Then we get a division matchup. Uh, we thought maybe this would be a fun, sexy matchup uh, coming into the season, but it's not exactly that, even though the records are still good on both sides of the field. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints are 4-2, and two, but I feel like they're kind of like the worst four and two team out there. They don't really have too much momentum coming off of that, you know, shitty Seahawks win, but it's at home defending Super Bowl champs, division rivalry. They get this win. They're kind of tied in the standings. Do you think the, the Saints can show up? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to let you finish because let's be honest. Jameis versus Tom Brady. Who's going to win that matchup? Really? 
you really have to question yourself for that. Our king, he be eating W's and stealing <laughs> crab legs. Shut the fuck Jameis motherfucking Winston. And Tom motherfucking goat Brady is going to fucking take him behind the counter and just unleash hell on his butthole. I'm going with the Bucks. It's going to be a fucking murder. Fuck it. I'm going with the Saints. We ain't keeping track of these picks anymore, so I'm going to go with the Saints. Ride or die. Who dat? Boom. Not putting any money on it, but we're going with the Saints. Then we get a Sunday night matchup, fun matchup between two teams who are on a bye. The Dallas Cowboys travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, Vikings 3-3, three and three, Cowboys 5-1, and one, firmly grasping that NFC East title. Uh, Dak Prescott. uh, Dealing with the calf injury, he heard it on that last walk-off play against the uh, Patriots a couple weeks ago. Still dealing with the kind of questionable. We are in week eight, so we still have a long way to go, long season ahead. Um, It's it's not looking too, too good that Dak is going to play. Still very much kind of 50-50, but I think if I were to put money on it, I would say Dak is not playing. He isn't. You know why? He's benched. There you go, Dominic. He gets benched Sunday night. He's terrible. You're, you're, you apologize way too early. And you called it. You was like, Dominic, Dominic, you know, you know, he can get benched. You never know. You were right. But what happens? I mean, technically, he like wouldn't be active. So that's not like actually being benched if you're not on the active roster for the game. Right. I mean, we didn't really go into uh, we didn't really go into specifics, so I win. Okay. We just need like a shot of Dak Prescott in his street clothes on the bench. That's all Dominic wants. Pretty much. But he's going to probably just be standing the entire time. But uh, obviously it makes a big, big difference whether it's Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush playing for the Cowboys. Um, Dominic, what do you think? I mean, is it a matter of if Dak plays, they win, and if he doesn't, they lose? Or is it a little bit more nuanced than that? But I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what do you want me to say, man? I don't, I don't know. I mean, the people are waiting. This might be like the last leg of their parlay, and they're waiting to see what. I mean, it's a really tricky one to put down on a you know, Friday night, Saturday morning. I mean, before the before the inactives have come out yet, but I mean, let, let's be honest. If Dak isn't playing, do they really have a chance? I mean, that defense has been stingy at times. They still have maybe the best core of uh, whatever talent play, not talent players, whatever you know. Ezekiel Elliott, Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup might be back. They got they got good players around Cooper Rush. Now Cooper Rush is definitely not Dak Prescott. But, you know, primetime Kirk Cousins, that's a thing. The bright light shining down on old Kirk. He, he might just, you know, curl up into a ball and start crying for his mommy. Hmm. Yeah. Cowboys aren't going to win this game. With or without Dak? With or without. Okay. Okay. Hot take there. From old Dominic, I'm going to go with or without Dak. Dem boys going to get the W. Cringe. You're welcome, Internet. Moving on to Monday. 
we get uh, an interesting matchup here. We get the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the New York football Giants taking place in Arrowhead. The Chiefs coming off an embarrassing loss to the Tennessee Titans last week. First time ever in the Patrick Mahomes era where the Chiefs did not score a touchdown. Uh, they are hosting the Giants, not the best team in the world, but they did just shut down the Carolina Panthers. Now the Panthers might not be the Chiefs, but uh, the Chiefs are struggling like the Panthers. Yeah, the so, Chiefs are not the Chiefs either. Exactly. And is Mahomes even uh, alive after last week? He is alive. He will play. He's fine. He's doing TikTok dances with his wife and brother, begrudgingly. Because, I mean, he he took that fucking nasty hit, and I thought, you know, he was done for. Um, we, we've been right on the Chiefs. You know, we said they would lose to the Bills. They beat the the football team. They lost to the Titans. So we, you know, we're, and we sprinkle in that little Trayvon Diggs INT prop bet. So we're on fire right now, Dominic. We, the people need to know if they're betting, they're going to put the house down because we've been on fire with the Chiefs lately. Are we going with the Kansas City Chiefs or are we going with? the New York football giants. The chiefs are set at nine and a minus nine and a half point favorites. Mm. Are, are we taking the giants against the spread here? Do you think the giants can keep it close? I think the giants can win it. Okay. I'm going with the giants. There you go. Dominic has spoken people. If you, you know, hit on your parlay on Sunday, fucking double up, bet it on the giants. We're, we're just going to, we're just going to take the spread, right? Dominic, we're not get greedy. Yeah, yeah, we're not greedy people. Here. We're not Kirkles greedy. We're not telling. Yeah, we're not telling you to bet the money line. We're just going to tell you take those nine and a half points. Giants are going to keep it close. They're going to lock it down. I still think the Chiefs will win, but I do agree. Nine and a half points is very juicy. I'll take the Giants spread as well, but I'll take the Chiefs to win. So there you go. The people have spoken. We have spoken. The Swami has spoken. And studio audience is on Paseo Grande. She'll be here shortly. Oh, she will be here any moment. So this would be a great time to either cut it off right now or just get on into it and just wait for the interruption because the people love the interruptions. They love to hear the mascot go crazy for his mom. So what, Dominic? I mean, it's our I podcast, do, but it's your Do I decision. do the jingle and then and then just be like oh so the first question oh okay gotta go like that or like do we just should we just cut it off here or like have a small conversation i I could like cut it off and i put like some really cool climactic music and we build to it and then finally you hit them with the jingle and then we get into it like like so like they're like and then they just hear mr x like that Mm -hmm. so lux to work for your boy but you know but Mr. X is worth it. He's a good brother. Mr. X is worth it. He's a he's not even good. He's a great guy. You know that? Great guy. One you know would. Is, what? What? No. What? You know, you know what else is great? What? Is that the Atlanta Braves just beat the Houston Astros in Game Three? Love Ooh, to see it. Okay, so we are going to take a quick commercial break as Dominic waits for the studio audience, and we're going to come back with the fan mail segment, otherwise known as. Mr. X is 
faucet of the week. Bump, bump. So beautiful, Dominic. Some epic Taz music put in right with some screamo. I mean, Dominic, I know you're a drummer, but you should. I, I don't know how many drummers slash vocalists there are out there, but you I know, mean, you might, Dave Grohl, one of the one of the greatest drummers of all time, is the front man of of Foo Fighters. You know. Yeah, but he doesn't do both at the same time. Well, well, I mean, I mean, he was the drum. I mean, whatever. Let's get right into Mister X's questions. He did wish us uh, a happy early. Bump, yes, bump. he did wish us a happy early, happy Halloween, early happy Halloween ween ween. Happy early Halloween, he says. Ween. ween Smoking ween. some weenies. So he wants to start off with talking about Bearcats yesterday on <clears throat> the other podcast. And he said in parentheses, I don't want to say the name as it might upset Dominic, which I appreciate. So thank you so much. He cares about me. Oh, don't don't you fucking dare bring up that podcast. He's talking about the other one. Yeah, which one ranks higher on the shit list? Is it the other one? Or is it the other one? It's that points also- of doings. That, that, that one's the highest on my shit list. Okay, that one really grinds. Some people gears. some people just don't know how to talk about sports. It's, it's irritating. Anyways. Uh, okay, can you just shut the fuck up to do this shit? God damn it. Just As you can point- tell, everyone, the studio audience is back. Love to see it. So fucking she's interrupting me. You're interrupting me. Oreo, you got something to say? No? Okay. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Gotta be fucking Oreo, kidding me. Okay, Cayete, both of you. It's me, Mama. Oh my. I'm sorry, everybody. Just yeah. some people just don't know how to shut the fuck up on set. And this is why we can't have nice things. Because Oreo, look, it's this. oh my god. Brandon, do you want to just read and this? The is, and this is why I need to dump three hundred dollars into our new setup. So you can come over to my house. We can just do it in Josh's room and we can just be all quiet and do it together. Why don't you fucking do that then? Because I may or may not have asked Santa for a new thing, so I'm not going to come until Christmas. Okay, I, I I can make it. I can make do till Christmas. That's fine. Okay. okay, New Year, new us. Gonna start this again. Okay, people, thank you. So he, I just want to point out that I'm not, nor have I ever been a Cincinnati Bearcats fan. Sorry, I know, I, I understood that after I said it. I, Being I know born you, and I know raised you, in I know you're Kentucky. A, I know you're a Kentucky guy, Mister X. I'm sorry. I was just you know trying to trigger. Uh, Philip by saying the word Cincinnati. Right across the Ohio River from Cincinnati, I am and always will be a Kentucky Wildcat fan. Just happen to have an array of useless knowledge, which explains my facts about Bearcat. And cats. Another fun fact, Bearcats are known to smell like popcorn. The more you know. Oh. So. Studio on is like that fun fact. She did. She just said, oh. Yes, we heard so, that. Just want to say that I really like football now. That's what he said, not me. Uh, and he wants your thoughts on Rex Ryan saying that Joe Burrow reminds him of young of a Tom. Rewind thoughts on Rex. Ryan. Oh, my fucking God, Dominic. Now you're stressing out. You can't even read simple English. OK, one more try. Cinco English thoughts on Rex Ryan saying that Joe Burrow reminds him of Tom Brady. There we go. Got it. Well, that was a common kind of comparison point when he got drafted out of college is people were saying he was, you know, very similar to Tom Brady. And I obviously I would say he's a better prospect than Tom Brady was because Brady, you know, drafted sixth round 199 overall. Uh, he has a much, I would say he has a stronger arm than Brady maybe ever. I mean, I trying to go back in time to, you know, those 07, 08 years with Randy Moss. I mean, Joe Burrow is 
a fantastic player. He definitely, I mean, coming off the ACL, I was a little weary of him, but once he got the mental shit out the way, pairing him with Jamar Chase, I said it on points and doinks. I was kind of, you know, thinking drafting a lineman, you got T Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd, you got enough talent, but putting in Jamar Chase, having that connection from LSU just makes him that much better. Um, so it's not crazy to say he is, you know, the next Tom Brady reminds you of Tom Brady because he's definitely lighting it up right now. Couldn't agree more, Brandon, because Drew Burrow probably, if he keeps doing what he's doing, could have a career like Tom Brady, in my opinion. So moving on to some uh, hockey news. Oh, Both Florida hockey segment. Love to see it. Oh, do I need to do another jingle for that? Mr. X's no. hockey questions dun, dun. or statement because we're not going to add anything. Pretty much. Uh, let's see. Both Florida and Carolina remain undefeated at the top of the divisions in the East with the defending champs Tampa Bay moving their way into the middle of Atlantic Division. In the West, Calgary, St. Louis are maintaining leads in the Pacific. Oh, my God. She keeps moving the phone. God damn it. You kept pulling the blanket and it's being held up. You know, boy. Anyways, Calgary, St. Louis are maintaining lead of the Pacific Central Divisions. My Ducks are not doing. No, yeah, babe, the 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 Ducks are not doing so hot right now, and Vegas still appears to be struggling. The player to watch is Edmonton's Connor McDavid. Now in the seventh year in the NHL, he's I know his name. Oh, you do I know, cool. I know that for guy. you. I don't give a shit. Uh, see, now in seventh year NHL, he's considered by many to be the best player in the world. Uh, CM Punk might be better than that with his speeds and ability to make video game control caliber goals. Look for his name in the talks for MPs and MVP this season. Great analysis, Mr. X. I don't know if I ever told the story, but my like Mr. X has the Atlanta, the Atlanta, the Anaheim ducks. One my like weird random favorite team is the Ottawa senators because back in the day I used to play like NHL 2005 on the PC and I think like the Ottawa Senators are like the best team in the league or whatever. And I just played them all the time. And I played them in franchise mode and I always won like 20 Stanley clubs with them. So for some strange reason, like the Ottawa Senators for no reason besides that. Dominic, what's your random favorite NHL team besides the San Jose Sharks and the San Jose Barracuda? It would be the Rangers, baby. And why would it be the Rangers? Isn't that who uh, Gretzky played for? I don't remember. Okay, Dom. Let's move on. What what else does Mr. X have to say? Wow, well, what was I was that just a terrible like I'm horribly wrong? Um, well, I believe he played for the Okay, don't laugh at me, Mr. X, but I was gonna say the Oilers and he played for the Kings, right? I believe so. We're not gonna look it up. We're gonna let No, him I am looking it up. I no, he, we're up. gonna let him correct us in his oh, questions. No. He was on the Rangers. Ooh. I see him in a jersey. Look with that. Your boy was right, and yes, that's why I like the Rangers. Can I just because of him? Oh, he spent a cup of coffee with the Rangers to end his year. Look at that from from ninety six to ninety nine. Look at you, Dominic. Best years. Yep, definitely. Anyways, that's it for the sports. We got a couple wrestling things. Can Ring of Honor make a triumphant comeback this April, or God forbid, have we seen the last of their stored company? Well, Mister X, I put this on the script, so we're just going to get on into it. Yep, Um, Ring of Honor has announced that they are going to not run any shows during the first quarter of 2022. They're going to run uh, television tapings next week. They're going to do final battle pay-per-view in December. 
And we don't exactly know what the future holds. They say they're going to run Supercard of Honor WrestleMania weekend. Obviously, that's not a guarantee, but they will be releasing all of their talent from their contracts at the end of the year. It, it's, it just sucks. Um, the pandemic really has hit them hard. They're still, you know, that the one company that kind of hasn't run uh, television tapings and done a lot of live events in front of crowds over the past year and a half. Um, and, and it just, it's kind of caught up with them. It sucks to see just because ROH is just such an influential uh, wrestling company, like, you know, over the past 20 years, kind of after the Attitude Era, they're kind of like that next big thing. And they've been so influential with the independent wrestling and just wrestlers in general that's made it to the big time over the past 20 years. And um, even though over here on the West Coast, we don't get really any ROH, so we don't really see them all too often and know too, too much. I definitely respect everything that they've done and, you know, understand, you know, most of the history, but uh, Dominic, just from the kind of the outside looking and kind of the big picture stuff, your thoughts on uh, the ROH news. I mean, it's disappointing. Um, You never, I mean, it it goes without saying it's the same situations that we talk about every year when WWE makes their cuts. It's, you don't want to see it. You hope for the best. You hope they can land on their feet. Um, Some people ring of honor have some, potential to move on to bigger and better things will it happen i have to wait and find out um i don't know if we'll see them again just because of like you said they're kind of more of an eastern company um not really out here all that much um i I would be surprised if ring of honor starts back up and starts you know kind of you know starting where they where they left off um I, I I wouldn't be surprised, though, if every year for WrestleMania weekend, they do a show under the Ring of Honor banner. So that I can see happening. But um, yeah, no, terrible. I, it sucks. I don't want no one losing their job. Except for Mike Kanellis. Fuck that guy. Damn, what you got against Mike Kanellis, Dominic? What do you do to you? Took Maria for me. Yikes. Anyways, what are they doing with Cody, Brandon? Well, 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 He's well, well, Dominic. Of, what? I, I wanted I wanted to ask you, or what was I gonna say? God damn, you don't Dominic. even know. No, I was. I was gonna ask you about the talent. You said that you don't see the talent really doing much. I think you are underestimating the people ROH have under contract. I mean, Bandito Briscoes, I mean Jay Lethal. Exactly. Uh Danhausen, shout out Danhausen, friend yeah, of Mr. Yep. X. Yeah, uh, Brody King. Brody King, I think, is phenomenal as well. I think a lot of a lot of them will eventually go to de- to a N- a- 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 AEW or Impact because WWE isn't signing a allegedly indie talent. Do you think they're going to make exceptions for like kind of the top top people, or are they going to kind of stick to their guns and continue with this homegrown you know college athlete type style? I I think they'll make some exceptions. I mean, there's definitely people in there that you know. I'm not like, for example, I mentioned the Briscoes. I think it'd be cool to have them in WWE, but it's not going to be the same if they go. They're going to have to be a watered down version, just like how the Revival were watered down, uh, uh, a watered down version of what they were. Um, just like, um, what was the, what's the the UK dudes? What are they called? What's their name? Um, the Viking Raiders or War Raiders, whatever the fuck they were. They they came in and had to pr- pretty much get watered down into, especially when they came into the main roster, they had to be gimmicked down or whatever. 
So I would like the Briscoes to come. I don't want them to come because I know that's going to happen, though. So I I think a lot of them are going to probably, from what they've seen with some of the other talent that have come up from the Indies to the WWE, you know, and don't get me wrong. Some have made lives, Daniel Bryan, Rollins, um, even some of the, the female superstars like Bailey and Sasha, you know, they, they've, they've started from the bottom, got to the top, but then you look at, you know, some of the, like, like Ricochet, great fucking talent can do everything in the book, can tell a great story, can put a match together, can do flippy do's and everything. But yet they don't push him because of why? Because he's maybe a little short, a little small. You know, you can you could totally give him a mid-card title like an intercontinental United States, and he can fucking just defend the shit out of it, but they don't. Um so yeah, that's where that that that's where Dominic is at right now. Yeah, I think I think a lot of them are gonna not go to WWE. I would probably I mean honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if no one goes there. I would say that's the wrong thing thing to do because there's so much talent over there but uh like you know dragon lee bandito uh even roxy i think roxy being the the women's champion over there she's definitely improved uh, over the past few months and that women's division desperately needs help over there at aew so they can take uh all the people they will take the beautiful people right and uh yes dominic sure why not thank you uh jonathan gresham i, I like him he's definitely kind of put his you yeah. know, act his charisma has gotten a lot better over the years. He's a fantastic wrestler, so I would love to okay. see okay. Uh, well, what he can do. So let's to... move on, Dominic. What else? Thank is you. I've been dying to answer. I want to answer this question so bad. What are they doing with Cody? He sort of acts heelish, but doesn't want to be heel. Did you just say Kobe? Kobe. <sighs> she just fucking killed my mood. What are they doing with Cody? Oh my god. I honest, I honestly don't know what they are don't, doing. With don't Cody. get a fiance. They just interrupt every fucking podcast. I mean, I might have a fiance after you know this chick what? accidentally dialed the wrong number. Oh, so now you she know. dialed the wrong number, and you guys talked. Yeah, you know. Oh, definitely a real person, and not a bot. Is definitely a real person. He said, not a not a scammer. <laughs> Anyways, what are they doing with Cody? He sort of acts heelish and doesn't want to be a heel, but it appears the only way for him to get a, to over to get over is to be a heel. I don't know. It's weird. Plus, along with Malachi, you now know now has Andrade and Pac being added to the story. Is there? I'm the last thing is is anyone else confused? And I got confused by that. So yes, I'm fucking hella confused by this shit. What the fuck, Brandon? You're Mr. AEW. Explain, please. I, I I don't really know what to say. This is kind of the first time we're seeing like a true fan rejection of a babyface in AEW. And I have faith in Cody and AEW that they'll eventually sort it out. But Cody has kind of been dead fast on saying he doesn't want to turn heel. So he goes out there, gives it the old college try, cuts the promo. Um, the crowd was booing him. Sometimes he was making like points in the crowds. Are, I feel like the crowds are cheering the points, not exactly cheering Cody. Um, he, I mean, he tried his best. He tried to get them, try to turn them. But that seemed like a baby face promo, not exactly the beginning of a heel promo. And then once Andrade and Malachi and, you know, Pac comes out, you know, everyone likes Pac. So, you know, that might help him by proxy. But, um, yeah, it's a really interesting situation over there. I was very perplexed on just the wording and everything Cody was saying. I was, like, super intrigued. But, you know, not exactly. It was like the, the Hangman promo a couple of weeks ago. It was just kind of a different type of intrigued. 
And it's going to be something to monitor just because Cody said he doesn't want to turn heel. If he doesn't turn heel, it's going to keep growing and growing. And we're going to have like a John Cena thing on our hands. So I, I just, I don't know because right now AEW and the fans have kind of been in lockstep on yeah. who to cheer and who to boo. And we're finally seeing like a rejection of someone. But, and- but the thing with that though, it's like, I think that's one of the mistakes by AEW is they're that that's where they're fucking everything up is you can't have your what what's Cody the VP or whatever he is, you know, EVP EVP. Sorry. You can't have him be kind of force fed, you know, down everyone's throat. Cause I feel like that's what it is. I feel like they're trying to force Cody for me to be like, Cody's a great guy. I like him. I don't fucking like him. I feel like he needs to either a take a step back and just do his fucking his duties behind, you know, behind, uh, mm-hmm. behind duties. the apron or whatever it's called. Fucking backstage. There we go. Do your duties backstage mm-hmm. duties or hey, what do you have in there? And what? You just ate something. Probably like a pretzel or something. I don't know. Damn. I mean, I, I was I was in a moment. So what you, what you were saying with Dominic, I do agree with because AEW, when it comes to like heels and baby faces, they're very lucid and there's not exactly like true, you know, pigeonholes. I mean, except for like MJF and like American Top Team, like obviously they're truly heels. But like with Cody, the thing is, like what you're saying is the commentators like during that match with Malachi Black, you definitely could see the commentators were not acknowledging the booze. They were definitely trying yeah. to put over Cody. They were making him out to be a baby face. But, which is only going to make it more in yeah. the opposite direction. And that, and, and that's what it is. And it's, he needs to take that step back and just do the backstage shit or go full fledged and just be a fucking asshole and just own it. But don't play this game of people like me. I'm Cody. I'm Cody fucking Rose. I don't give a shit. No, just fucking do one or the other, you know, I mean, look at Triple H. I feel like I like him more now, especially because he said, I'm done in ring. I'm just doing my backstage shit. <clears throat> Granted, yeah, every once in a while, usually around WrestleMania, he'll start, he'll come out, make more appearances, stuff like that. But it's not the in ring stuff. He's just there to be an ass. Cool, great, grand, wonderful. But it's Cody, I feel like, is putting. And I know it's not true. It's just me and my, you know, fucked up opinions and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like it's him being like, well, if I do this, this is going to be over. And I am making the decision because I'm one working on the on, on this match or this angle or whatever. So, well, it does seem that uh, Tony Khan is more like the leader when it comes to creative. So I don't know if this was him saying, you know, what, Cody, here you you do this promo. Yeah. If you want to turn them, we'll see what happens. But if you can't, we got to have the discussion going forward you you're you're going to be a heel i know you don't want to be it but this has to be the direction we go and it's just something we gotta check out and just so you know i'm not even a fan of tony khan being involved i'm sorry i'm not i'm not a fan of that as well damn i got hot takes on tony khan i mean i know i'm gonna open my mouth and you're gonna correct me or something but like i feel like he should just shut up and just enjoy the the product i feel like he yeah you can have um, you can have opinions and thoughts and angles and stuff like you can give it, 
but to be head of creative or to be involved in the, the creative aspect, I feel like he has no part, but that's just, that's just me. Yeah. Why is Tony Khan being head of creative? We should be head of creative, right? Dominic? No, oh, I'm not creative it. at all. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. I made I, I made this podcast happen. Yep. By you were the driving, you were you. the driving force behind the logo. Mr. X might have drew it, but you know, you definitely had the vision for it. I had the vision. Yes. Okay, any more questions from old Mr. X? Yeah, uh, we have the penultimate coming up right now. It's how long will Brock stay away for during this suspension? I think he'll return to Survivor Series once him and Biggie are done. Big Bad Brock shows up to torment Roman once more. What do you think? I think it's going to be later than that. They announced that he got suspended $1 million. So he's, he's going to have to go on his farm and cut some more meat and chop some more trees down and make some extra cash. But I, I'm saying more kind of like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania time period. Yeah. He comes back at Royal Rumble, wins it, challenges Roman. I don't I don't know if they do that because he just won. That would be his second time. I think you want to kind of keep away the... Brock won the Royal Rumble? Yeah, he won back in the day, and then he won like a couple oh. years ago. Wait, he... Didn't he win a couple years ago? No, he didn't. Oh. Or maybe I think, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure he only won the one back in the day. Oh, yeah, because then he he was going, he was on a real hot streak, and then he got eliminated by Keith Lee. Remember when Keith Lee did that? Oh, Keith Lee. Oh, those are great times. Sorry, Barry. Wait, Keith Lee did that? I thought McIntyre did that. I thought it was McIntyre. I don't know. It was McIntyre. Keith Lee had him. Okay, yeah, okay. See, I'm, I'm. You know, too many concussions, Dominic. Too many concussions. But remember when, like, Keith Lee had the stare down with Brock oh, Lesnar? Amazing. And he was like, kind of hot shit. Oh, Ooh, fuck! I'm getting. Anyways, uh, yeah, I agree with you. That timetable seems about right. Uh, last but not least, when will Braun Breaker capture the NXT title and change his in-ring name last his in-ring last name to Steiner? Although in Never. order for the name change, they'll have to start selling snow cones in hell before that happens. Yeah, I don't think they're going to change it to a uh, Steiner did like did pop for the uh, little interaction with Chucky. But um, yeah, I don't think they're going to change his name to Steiner, even though I mean, Braun Breaker is up there for the stupidest names they've had. But yeah, that's just what they do. I mean, let's be honest here. John Cena's pretty bad. <laughs> the Undertaker, terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Hobson. Fuck you. Great name. Brandon Tanguma. Tyler Gunnerson. Yeah, Brandon Tanguma is too long of a name. You got to shorten that down. How about just uh, B Tang? B Tang. Anyways, his actual, well, his question before the question, his first question of the last question was when does he win the title? He didn't win it this week, but I do think this is kind of telling a longer story. He will be champion. Someday. One of these days. And don't you got to remember, Samoa Joe most likely will be back, right? Right? I mean, he said it wasn't going to be that long, but it's already been like a month, and they don't even talk about him. It's, it's like he just vanished off gone? the end of the earth. I mean, this 2.0 thing's been going on for like, what, like a month? And he dropped, and he re-wink-wished re- re- right before that, huh? Mm-hmm. Goddamn. 
Anyways, that's it for Mr. X's questions of the week. If you want to be like Mr. X, send us a question, curveballncs at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Instagram at curveballsncs and the Facebooks, curveballs and chair shots, the YouTubes, curveballsncs, and you can just, just, you know, be be better than some people not as good as mr x because he actually hits us up every week so you know you can't be as good as that yes but. yes yes all the semantics will be in the description of this here podcast so you can just click and go to whatever app your little heart desire so let's get on into the wrestling portion of the podcast we had a, a big news thing happen pretty much while the podcast was being recorded last week and that was the debacle of the belt exchange between Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. So if you listen to this, you probably already know, you know, the thing back and forth with Charlotte and Becky. Becky wanted to hold both belts. Charlotte didn't want that. She drops the belt. There was just this big old ordeal. Things kind of blew up backstage. Charlotte gets escorted out the building and kind of rumors are circulating that kind of everyone hates Charlotte. She's becoming a headache, maybe living the gimmick a little bit too much. Dominic, you are the resident Charlotte fan on the podcast. Um, your thoughts on your girl embroiled in this controversy i did see she cut a promo on smackdown i uh, haven't exactly seen it quite yet but i think they leaned into it a little bit but uh thoughts on this whole thing and the future of charlotte with wwe well part of me read up that it was she kind of worked herself into a shoot um and uh you know that that that's just terrible but I don't know. I, I think Charlotte is maybe she got a little too much Rick in her that day and she just uh started doing what Rick would do and you know she is a little looking like a little like a little Ricky Ricky. Uh no, I, I think she just she got worked up, everything got out of control. I don't think she's leaving, I don't think she's gonna quit, I don't think she'll get fired. I think WWE will just be like, What the fuck? you know go from there like we don't want to lose you you're fucking amazing you're a great talent you know top-notch superstar we need you but with that being said i'm pretty sure when it comes when her contract comes up she ain't gonna sign that shit so i think i saw something that she still has like a few years left so it's going to be a while but... yeah it's gonna be a long time and you know someone said like well they granted andrade's release and he did he got the no compete cause lifted and shit like that and i'm like they're not gonna release charlotte and if they do, they're that's what I was going to say. Like, what happens if it like gets that bad? I mean, we're kind of forgetting the Nia Jax Charlotte thing a couple of weeks ago or months ago. But like we kind of written that off as just two wrestlers kind of not getting along, you know, something kind of blowing up. But now I have a second incident and it's kind of come out that this has been a recurring incident. I mean, if no one wants to work with her and maybe management sees that as a headache. Yeah, I know they don't, but they, he, I know but... they don't have too many like star stars and Charlotte's one of those. Do they just kind of grit their teeth and say, okay, you know, here we go again. Charlotte's doing Charlotte, but I mean, here. you can, or you can just be like, you know what? You got three years left in your contract. How about for the next two, you job every, you job out to every fucking single wrestler. We make you look like dog shit. And then what happens when she puts on a boo-boo face? And as soon as she gets pinched, she just gets up and walks off. Then that shows then then is, is there really going to be a company out there that wants to put her on TV if she can't fucking be if she can't fucking be professional? I mean, there's already a, another former four horsemen daughter that's kind of had that type of heat. She found work. And where is she? 
Uh, she's with Women of Wrestling, produced oh. by AJ Mendez. So a fucking G-level fucking show that probably not that many people watch. Hey, AJ Lee is going to fucking turn that place around, okay? And I hope she does. But fucking Tessa Blanchard, you know, let, let's be honest. Like you said, she was probably worse. There's a lot more things coming that were that came out negative for Tessa. If Charlotte can't fucking do the job and just fucking grit her teeth and be like, you know what? I put myself in the situation. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can go to AEW and be with my fucking future husband because she loves Andrade that much. It's like, you know, then you'll fucking do it. Get your job there and be happy. But if you're going to fucking get pinned and walk out and just be all fucking I don't give a shit, then I'm pretty sure you're not going to find work or you're going to be fucking working bingo halls for fucking a ham sandwich. Exactly. So uh, I kind of with Dominic, I don't think Charlotte's like leaving anytime soon. I think they're going to iron it all out. Maybe she still is going to be hated, but they're going to they're going to figure it out. Uh, let's move on to AEW Dynamite. We got two shows since the last recording, but we're just going to going to combine them together. Talk about the most important things. Um, we have the title eliminator tournament in the men's side of things. We get Brian Danielson defeating Dustin Rhodes to open up Saturday's Dynamite. Brian Danielson gets the win with a sleeper, with a, some sort of submission hold. I really do like how Danielson is switching up his finishes. He's not always doing the running knee or the LaBelle lock. He's doing all these different types of endings, which when it comes to like the bigger matches, it, it makes them a lot more interesting because the false finishes and the submissions make it you know much more believable that it can end a match. I agree, and you know, I'll be honest, I was never a real big fan of the running knee. I felt like it, you know, it's like a newer version of the super kick because everybody fucking uses a super kick now. But, um, but no, I, I do like the different submissions and, you know, how we switching it all up. And I thought it was a decent match. I think Dustin kind of still gets overlooked for being how old he is and still putting on decent matches with these younger guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I always wanted, I wonder what would happen if Dustin wasn't, like slated with the gold dust gimmick. And if he didn't know like the drug issues, what exactly he could have done? Because I mean, he's in his fifties and he's still putting on banger matches. Like what happens if he was doing that in his thirties? Just like, I, I mean, what if I, I don't, in my honest opinion, I don't think he would, he would have been a, a world champion, but I think he would probably had a lot of, uh, how do you say more, more, more mid card. I think he would, he would be the top mid card guy, you know? Agreed. Uh, then talk about his brother, uh, Cody. He has the match with Al uh, Malachi Black. Cody gets the win in this one. Crowd booing the hell out of him, as we said. Kind of the announcers ignoring the fact. Cody gets the win. Malachi gets two out of the three wins. So I guess in terms, he won the feud, I guess. Uh, Malachi does cut a promo on Wednesday talking about how the house always wins. We've already talked about Cody's promo. So if you want to revisit it just one more time, kind of the match itself and Everything surrounding Cody Black, Andrade, now Pack, looking like it's going to be a tag team match at full gear. You know, it, it uh, the match was fine. I think uh, after seeing it so many times, it's you know, it's kind of not as exciting as the first time. So, I mean, it was decent. Um, Cody got the win, like you mentioned. You know, it. I, I'm more excited to see what happens next for Malachi. And I will say kind of another layer on top of like the Cody heat would, would be like the blood because he's always doing the blood and like all like the big time matches, 
you know, some people have blood in their matches, but I feel like it's like another like eye rolling thing from Cody that he does. He he blades. He has he gets the blood. He's trying to get the sympathy on him and people just kind of roll their eyes at that. Yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, if it was like a once a year thing and it was, you know, like a fucking no DQ match. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, you know, I can understand it. But like you said, yeah, like it feels like it's every match he's in. It's like, oh, my God, I got busted open. Uh, it's like, come on, dude, like fucking really. So we get uh, Bobby Fish actually gets a win on Saturday, beats up on the dude. Uh, CM Punk makes a save. This leads into the opening match on Wednesday's Dynamite. And CM Punk gets the win over Bobby Fish. Uh, I enjoyed this match. Maybe not Punk's best, but still solid. You're seeing him kind of, I think, getting it together, getting his sea legs under him. I like Fish. I think he's a valuable commodity there. You know, job, quote unquote, jobbing him out, but he's you know, doing it to the stars. I think he's doing good work. CM Punk, not exactly doing too, too much in terms of storylines, but he's kind of like in that Brian Danielson thing right now where he's just kind of wrestling everybody. Um, maybe he moves on to Ricky Starks if they want to liven up the team Taz thing again, or they're just kind of waiting until after full gear for him to sink his teeth into something big. Um, that's probably what's going to happen. He'll probably just keep doing what he's doing. And then once everything from full gear, for, for the, the full gear settles, is when you'll start seeing him push for something. Then MJF fulfills his quarterly wrestling quota. He gets a squash win in like five seconds. Uh, Then he cuts a promo on Darby and Sting. Very similar to what he does all the time. Great work from MJF. Uh, We get the lights on and off. Then Sting comes out. We also had a Darby vignette with JPEG Mafia. Shout out JPEG Mafia. Dominic, I know you love yourself some Peggy, right? Huge Peggy fan. Pegging, yes. You love pegging? Okay. Yes. Nice to see that. We don't kink shame on this podcast, as you know. Uh, thoughts on the MJF promo slash Darby promo slash beatdown slash challenge for full gear. Slash did not watch it. Sorry. Damn. Hate, but that's stinking it. You're falling off yeah, on Sting? I know. I've kind of dropped the ball at that moment. Uh, we get Hikaru Shida defeating Serena Deeb in the TBS tournament. Uh, retribution for the beatdown a couple weeks ago. Shida finally gets her 50th win for AEW first woman to do so. Very much, I love this match. I thought this was the best match of the show. Uh, maybe one of the better women's matches on Dynamite ever. Love this match. And Shida, I said this on the other podcast, I kind of equate her to Drew McIntyre. It's kind of a shame that... She had that run with the title during the pandemic where I think, you know, not doing it, not in front of fans. She kind of gets overlooked for how good she is. And she just proved it once again in this match. And Dominic definitely watched the match. And Dominic's dead. Dominic's not. Dominic is muted. Maybe my microphone doesn't work and my Internet's out. I hear you. What the fuck are you doing? Just gonna uh, leave I'm, me on a hook. To I'm die? getting yelled at. So, oh, Dominic, what'd you do this time? I farted. Damn, you just hate to see it. We have John Moxley and Ten in the uh, Eliminator Tournament. Why um, is Ten? I, I have to elaborate. I was told that I, because I was being yelled at, I have to say why. Um, I have her pillow on my lower back, kind of close to my butthole, and I farted, and she's mad at me for that. You're out here giving the studio audience pink eye. How dare you? It, it's not funny, and I'm not giving her pink eye, okay? It's not funny. 
I know it's not funny. You're you're threatening her life right I'm now. I'm not threatening her life. Okay. If she gets pink eye. Yeah. Maybe, you know, she might not be able to see on Monday, which is going to hurt her work. She can't go into work. You're just, oh, you're fucking oh, up. Are the you bag fucking dumb. human resources for her job now? The fuck? The fuck out of here. Go fuck your chicken strips. Maybe we'll go fuck my chicken strips. But I don't have any chicken strips. I need to go to the store. Uh, John Moxley defeats Tan, just absolutely beats him down. We did get blood in this match. Uh, did look a little excess. I don't know if Ten kind of doesn't know what he's doing and he kind of gushed a little too deep. But um, John Moxley just beats the fuck out of him. He did have a promo. I forget if it was on Rampage or Dynamite where he kind of he kind of just blew off the tournament kind of in general. And I would assume this is him leading to a, a heel turn. I would assume he's going to face Brian Danielson in the finals. Um, I'm excited to see what a heel John Moxley can do in AEW. Or he's getting ready to go back to WWE. No big deal. Let's see what happens. Okay. So, yeah, he just shows up, you know, kills everybody and leaves WWE because that's exactly what he wants to do. Yeah, because he needs to make some money. Now that he has a kid, you got to, you got to, got to, got to make that paper, dog. Yep. Make the paper boy, paper boy. All about that paper boy. Did you ever play the game paper boy for Super Nintendo? Yeah, I can pull out a cartridge of paper boy right now if you want me to. Dead ass. Dead ass. Take a picture of it and I'll put it on the Twitter. I mean, if you want to talk about the Dark Order versus Super Elite Halloween tag team match, I could pull it out right now. Well, you know, we'll talk about uh, how the Super League came out as the Ghostbusters was, you know, it's all right. I mean, not their not their best costumes. Um, and then uh, you had uh, the, the Dark Order come out. Uh, one was uh, the guy from God of War. Don't know his name. Uh, somebody with somebody else. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, great match. I, th- I mean, they, they've been kind of going to this for a while, this whole elite Dark Order thing. But lo and behold, who? Is in the mush the the marshmallow fucking outfit is Hangman Page. Oh my god! Da, 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 da. And he has a paper boy right there. Holy fucking shit! You got it. Fucking told you. I don't That's... play it, but my paper boy, bro. That was one of my favorite games growing up. Mine too. Never was able, never was able to beat it because I was a child. But maybe it's one of those games like Banjo Kazooie. I got to go back in time and try to play it, try to beat it. But maybe that's why we're best friends is because we both like Paper Boy. Yep. Anyways. Anyways, Hangman Page fucking beats the shit out of the fucking elite. Dark Order gets the win. Wang, bang, bam. Fucking amazing. Yeah, this match is very controversial. It's, you know, kooky, over the top, kind of Kenny Omega's worst tendencies, which I definitely do agree with. I thought it was a lot of fun, but I also understand the criticism because this is the main event singles program for the world title. This is, I think, the hottest thing AEW's ever done, and they're, you know, doing it in uh, Ghostbuster outfits. But uh, this is just, I think, what Kenny and what the Bucks and the Elite are going to do. It got a huge reaction when uh, Hangman took off the the marshmallow head, so it's working. I, I just don't know if this exactly is what the people, exactly, you know, the masses want to see from their top tier main event singles world title feud. But there's two weeks left of television. I do believe until then. So hopefully they buckle down and get serious, which is a lot to ask for from Kenny. Okay. Landstorm calm down. Moving on over to NXT 
Halloween Havoc occurred on Tuesday. Dominic, I forget exactly when this happened, but you said we made the bet, the promise, that if Mandy Rose were to win the NXT women's title, we would never, we would not talk about NXT 2.0 on a regular basis once again. Dominic, do you remember what exactly the culmination of that was? Was it just the angle of Mandy Rose beating down on Raquel, or is that more just her showing up? How early was this bet? I kind of forget. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. It wasn't like when they debuted. I think it was when she pretty much like kind of proclaimed she was going to be the next champion. I was kind of like, if she fucking wins, I'm done. And well, we are done. We, you know, we're just going to jump straight into it. Mandy Rose defeats Raquel Gonzalez to become the newest NXT Women's Championship. It is a trick, tricker street fight, whatever the fuck it is. It was a hardcore match between these two ladies. Uh, Mandy Rose gets the win. We get a hooded figure coming out from the depths of hell. Hits Raquel with a shovel. And then Mandy hits her beautiful running knee. Beautiful bicycle knee. Better than Kenny Omega's V-Trigger. For the win, one, two, three. Toxic attraction draped in gold as the tag team did win the ladder match earlier on in the show. Uh, really stupid uh, segment or spot where Raquel Gonzalez is trapped in an office chair with a kendo stick wedged in between to trap herself in when all Raquel just had to do was just push the kendo stick through the, the armholes and she would have been free. But, you know, in the heat of competition, sometimes you don't think clearly, which I understand. But Dominic, your wish or your nightmares came true, whichever one you want to see it as. Mandy Rose is your new NXT Women's Champion. I understand why they did it. Um, just not happy with the decision. Not saying that Manny doesn't deserve it or she, you know, is bad or anything. I just don't feel she is ready to be the woman in NXT. When you have Dakota Kai, you have, I mean, I'd rather have EO have it again. You have, you know, Taya, Va- uh, what's her name in it? What's uh, Frankie Monet? Uh, you know, there, there, there's people there that I think could hold it better. Un- like I said, I understand why, but I think, you know, just, just, just not ready. But with that being said, I'm sure what she'll go on to have a long fucking reign and she'll make me eat my words just like I ate my words about Dak Prescott. So, you know, good for her. Good for toxic attraction. Yeah, I mean, the match was definitely on the lower level of what we've seen from title matches in the past. But I mean, toxic attraction is doing good work on the mic to character work when it comes to the in-ring stuff. Not exactly the best, which I think is kind of more the the direction of NXT 2.0. I also find it weird that NXT 2.0, kind of the overall vision is bringing in new blood, bringing in new, fresher, younger talent. And then you bring in Mandy Rose, who, whether you agree or disagree, is a main roster washout. And you make her the face of the women's division, which definitely has taken a turn for the worst in the last few months, even though you know they were on top of the world not too long ago. And, oh, how the turntables have turned. Yeah, and to go off of that real quick, I mean, if you think about it, when NXT's women division was like hitting on everything, you got to remember who was there. A lot of indie call-ups, if you think about it, and a lot of no-names as well. So that's why I think with Ring of Honor kind of closing its doors, you probably see that women's division probably try to get swooped up, honestly, to bolster 
NXT's women division, but also to be bringing in the new talent for the main roster eventually. All right, let's uh, start from the top. Let's go back to the beginning with Toxic Attraction defeating Io Shirai and Zoe Stank and uh, Indy and Porata. Um, not a great match. I mean, you get six women in there, like four or five of them don't really know how to wrestle in a ladder match doing high end, you know, dangerous spots, kind of back to back to back to back. It, uh, a lot of botches was not very smooth uh, in the end. Toxic attraction does get the win. This one seemed like the lock of the night, just because they're the only real push women's tag team right now. Uh, we had to talk about Mandy get the, the uh, strap. So everybody on toxic attraction now is winning the gold Dominic. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was just there. I, I think it would have been, I think it would have meant more if it was a single, like a, just a legit match or triple threat match or something like that. But you know, when they win it in a ladder match, in my opinion, it's kind of a way not to hurt uh, the champions, which EO, my opinion, EO might be hurt because uh, she almost died. Oh, T's and P's. T's and P's. But she took it off the shoulder. I think she's fine. She's a pro. Ooh, she's okay. the only one who actually knows how to wrestle with the ladder. Ooh, and maybe Zoe stank. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. We do get a haunted house segment with Carmelo Hayes and Trick. Um, we get what you call it, Johnny Gargano and uh, Dexter Loomis kind of teaming up their best buddies now because pretty much everybody left them. I, I, I did not like this. I was not the biggest fan of the haunted house they did last year with Dexter and uh, Cameron Grimes. Sorry, <clears throat> Cameron Grimes. But at least that was more low rent, not super organized and things like that. It's it's pretty much what WWE does. They take a good idea and then they like polish it up too, too much to make it like, you know, pristine and orchestrated. And then they just kind of ruin it. Yeah. And that's that's WWE for you. Right. They ruin everything that's good in life. Yep. Just like Charlotte. Yep. Yep. Uh, Imperium defeats MSK. They are the new tag team champions. Good for them. Um, I, I like the picture of MSK taking the photo with Trey Miguel. They're all champions for a little bit. It was so beautiful. And then, then they weren't. Shout out Trey Miguel, new X division champion. And that's why they lost the titles because they took that picture. Yep. The forbidden door is not open in NXT. It is not. It is closed. Then in the main event, I already kind of talked about it a little bit. Tommaso Ciampa, the god of war. Dominic, who did a better Kratos? Was it Ciampa or was it Stu Grayson? Stu Grayson. Okay, okay. I do. I mean, the the budget was more on Ciampa, but Stu actually had the paint and looked more like Kratos from the game. I exactly. do agree on that one. But uh, Ciampa takes on Braun Breaker, and uh, Breaker uh, kicks out of Ciampa's finisher, the first person to do so. Uh, so, you know, putting the rocket on him a little bit there, but he does take the loss. Ciampa retains. Uh, we, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier. I do think Breaker, this doesn't hurt him. He's going to be a featured act for the foreseeable future. I don't know if that means he's going to eventually be the guy to take the title off of Ciampa, but I don't really see too many like top tier acts to be that person unless, you know, Kyle O'Reilly finally gets his title and then they do something with Vaughn Wagner. Uh, it, it's just, you know, with everything going on with NXT, you still have the old man, Tommaso Ciampa, leading the way which is kind of, I don't know where they go with this. I mean, they go with either Samoa Joe coming back and Joe dropping it to somebody else, or you have Joe just fading away and just the new wave takes over, man. 
Maybe. And just because we're not going to cover NXT every single week, we will still talk about takeovers, talk about big happenings to go on over there, just like we do in WWE. But that is it for the episode. I don't exactly know how long this went because we did have a little commercial break in between. We did kind of have a longer production menu, but we're done. We did get a lot of stuff done, especially in the, the wrestling world. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. We will have a World Series champion next time we talk. So not too much to talk about on the sports side of things, unless, you know, just something crazy happens. If John Gruden found dead in Las Vegas house. Whoa. Oh, that's a little too dark, huh? Yeah. Settle your cheek kettle there, buddy. But emails leaked from Brandon Tegum's email address with anime porn. Whoa, kayfabe, kayfabe, Dominic. Sorry, sorry. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Until next time, my name is Brandon Tanguma. That has been Dominic Hobson for the studio audience, the mascot uh, for the groceries that Dominic brought in, and uh, the studio audience, hopefully not pink eye. Goodbye. And for Paperboy, goodbye and good night. Uh, bye-bye. Evolution is a mystery Full of chains that no one sees Clark makes a fool of history Yesterday's too long ago